0: So, did you have to watch Heartstopper both seasons in, in yeah, one week? of course I did.
1: Of course I did, yeah. I've not uh, watched this before. I didn't see season one when it came out. So,
0: um, yeah, you suggested that we should watch it. Why?
1: <laughs> you know, to be honest, because I kept seeing people talking about it on Twitter and stuff. Like, before it came out? Before, the before season, season two, two came out, yeah. I hadn't even heard of it. It's obviously been sitting on Netflix for a while. Yeah. Um, and... There was a lot of buzz around the second season, um, like a lot. So I was like, oh, I don't think we can miss this. It is not what I thought it was going to be, though. Right. I mean, to start with, I thought it was American, so that was a
0: surprise. Yeah, you were saying it was going to be like an American sex education. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, that's what you get for not watching the trailers, I guess. Uh, fully, and, yeah, and fully. Think, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously, I, I was reluctant to watch an American sex education as well (laughs) I really didn't want to do it but um, I'm actually
1: glad we did this Um, that's interesting
0: yeah I I think we should go with what you think of the show okay and let's see
1: how if it differs at all if our opinions differ well this is to sex education what a five year old's finger painting is to the Mona Lisa Oh, okay. Maybe that's a little bit dramatic, because maybe that's given sex education too much credit, actually. But like, so I that's... I agree that this is quite juvenile. maybe a GCSE uh, <laughs> art portfolio. Yeah. I'm saying. To to uh to what uh what a masterpiece sex education is like, it's the same kind of concepts, mm. but just not just nowhere near as interesting or entertaining. Okay, that's interesting you say that. Um.
0: It's higher rated than Sex Education. Uh, Sex Education has way more reviews, though, I will say that. It has, I think uh, this has about 64,000 ratings on IMDb, and Sex Education has 300,000, so you'd expect it to be a little bit yeah, lower. Fair enough. Um, but it's, it's well regarded in those that watched it. Um, I do agree it was quite a little bit juvenile. At times, I thought it was... It was it sent was Trinian's level... Um, yeah. Tracy Beaker, level Tracy kind of Beaker, thing. yeah, absolutely. Like, but yeah. Those kind of it's like a modern Tracy um, Beaker, isn't it? I my my biggest um, thing with this was I I could never put
1: my finger on who the audience is was for. Mm. I know what you mean because the that kind of juvenile level. I mean, like, I can get to this now. The acting is trash. Like the acting okay. is so so poor it makes you think like you know I think
0: you should call out some because I thought Nick Nelson um,
1: Kit Conner who played Nick the rugby player I thought he was quite good we'll we'll get to it we'll get to it but like my point is the the poor acting and the sort of juvenile like um, tone of the whole thing implies that the target audience is younger Mm. so like maybe you know you can let it off oh it's aimed at kids and it's about promoting healthy messages about lgbtq plus and
0: which makes me which which is why i was confused because that makes me think the acting's not that not poor because i was thinking the same thing like this is childish dialogue and Mm. but if the audience is you know almost an educational a a soft touch educational piece to younger kids to 12 year olds to 13 year olds then it's really appropriate level yeah
1: yeah absolutely which is what i'm saying like you, in in that case you can forgive it if the audience is a, is is younger and it's it's, it's kind of like a children's show almost mm. um you can forgive the poor acting it's it's supposed to be like that it's mm. you know it's it's simplistic it's dumbed down everyone's it's a very like happy and not particularly nuanced world you know what i mean like happy and sad exists nothing in between <laughs> like, um I think yeah, so I think you can to an extent forgive it but then some of the themes some of the some of the sort of like the ideas explored are adult or at least verging mm. on mm. and <laughs> look to come back to the ratings that you just mentioned I completely understand why this has got high ratings even from a small audience it's a very hard show to dislike mm. it doesn't do anything wrong it's safe it doesn't do anything wrong at all it's, and, and in that sense it's not bad however you compare it to sex education or for me I'm comparing it to sex education and sex yeah. education does everything that Heartstopper does and more better yeah that, it's that simple to me um, because you know like I don't understand the difference really between the audience of sex education and the audience of Heartstopper I, I think you'd have it a hard isn't time a difference, yeah. I think you'd have a hard time arguing that there was a different target audience for those two shows um, and sex education I think explores these themes Mm. And explores these lessons in a way, in a way, way better way, way more engaging way. Yeah, 100%. What did you think of uh,
0: something I found? So, so something I found uh, pretty good about this show, and I found like it was really consistent was the way the the music was planted in certain scenes. I thought, like, if a scene was. Quite sad and and internal. The lyrics in the song and that scene kind of reflected that. And no, nah.
1: that's you don't you don't think so? <laughs> no, right? not at all. No, I, I didn't I mean, even I mean it was so.
0: always purposeful. I thought, and I did notice it. Like, well,
1: I, of course, that decision is always intentional, isn't it? Like mm. the music that you choose to use for, for a particular scene, how it reflects the mood in the scene. But like again, sex education. Yeah. Sex Education's soundtrack is unbelievable yeah like in, and the songs that they choose are so specific and so profound and so and so they've become so associated with that show for mm. its audience and for me mm. um, I mean Rod Stewart like um, Ezra Furman and the boyfriends like the amount of they I mean they did the whole soundtrack like the amount of work that that whole like the Sex Education put into their soundtrack is phenomenal mm. Heartstopper yeah, all right, they chucked inappropriate songs here and there like they would in a kid's show. It's it's no deeper than that. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, so why don't we talk about the actual, like, story then? So you've got um, Charlie, who, were, you know, is, is quite a timid young man, bullied at school because of coming out last year gay. It gets outed, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, gets outed um, accidentally, as we kind of find out in the second season. Um Starts with a well, season one starts with a, a quite a one-sided relationship with um, a character called Ben, who kind of views as um, you know, everything has to be kept in secret, and you know, you could you could you can feel the emotion that, that Charlie kind of internalizes around that. Um, <clears throat> joins the rugby team, meets the popular boy Nick. They their friendship grows and grows throughout the first season. Um, you know, their relationship starts developing in the first season and it kind of accumulates in at the end of season one when Nick kind of promises Charlie that he's going to come out to people. The second season starts in quite a similar tone with Charlie and Nick, but we see development um, of a lesbian relationship in the show that, you know, was introduced in the first season. Tao and Elle, some of the best friends of Charlie, the will-they-won't-they... Situation with their relationship kind of comes to light in the second season and that, so there's all those continuations of of, of tension internalised feelings emotions um, you know it's a real come, coming of age kind of drama in a way yeah. so, so what how do you feel the story was delivered?
1: well I mean uh, it wasn't happened? interesting enough for you what happened in season 2? I did think
0: season two was more skippable than season one in in a sense where I feel like there was more filler
1: but I th- I think it was just a continuation of the story. But it didn't move the story on at all. No. Like from, the you know, the beginning of season two and the beginning and the end of season two nothing's changed. Nothing happens. Well, Time passes.
0: Yeah, but they're, no, but they're officially a couple, Nick and Charlie well, by yeah, the end the, of season you know, two.
1: this is where I want to start, like, this is where, you know, maybe this is a specific grievance but like, at what point do these two officially become a couple? Because for God's sake, like it's it's juvenile in the sense, not in the sense that it's aimed at a, a, a young group, like a young target audience. It's juvenile in the sense that every character is fucking pathetic. Like and I, know, I know, I know it's maybe controversial to say that about this uh, group of characters, but <laughs> because they're young, I mean, so like you know the whole like oh we're not Everything's out, really we're dramatic. not putting a label on anything yet, and it's like yeah, but we're one and a half seasons into the two of you dating, for God's sake, and the whole story revolves around it, yeah. Like and and you're still trying to you know what I mean like it's still like oh. They're not actually together yet. And it's like, well, come on. Like, like are you trying to you know, I know that it's yeah. obviously like there's an no element of dramatic irony or whatever, but like it's not like as an audience we're sitting there thinking, yeah god, I wish they'd just get together already, like they are. Like, yeah. There's no there's no ambiguity about it. There's no yeah. there's no in, in a sense, there's no like real human relationship there. It's so surface level. It's so like you know, you know what I mean? It's, oh, it's I don't, so it's I don't so know high if school. Agree with that. It's so high school drama. It is.
0: But Mm, I want to say there's a maturity in some of the characters, but there isn't necessarily I've got some favourite characters. It's look, it's a, I think it's a wholesome show. Yeah. Um I think we were presented with something where maybe you're waiting for the for the high stakes and high drama. Um, but it never really comes. It's it's just a continuation of more of the same, really, and it's it's a little bit sad, but Light, fluffy, pleasant all yeah, the way yeah, through. Yeah, Light and fluffy, um, yeah. That's... And I actually, well, this is really interesting. So by the end of season one, I thought it was refreshing. Like you know, we, I don't always need to to kind of you know see that on screen. Need the tension, need the drama. And then obviously, season two for me was a. I could, I was waiting for the Tau and Elle storyline to really kick off. Yeah. I don't really. I'm not sure it did really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was still more a bit more of a side story than it could have been. Um, the relationship between Tara and Darcy, the lesbian couple, that there's something, there was something in there, there was potential. I think there's almost a lot of unspent potential. I think there was potential in that storyline with with um, Darcy, basically. You know, you know, mother being really abusive towards her, being you know, being a lesbian, and not knowing yeah. her relationship with Tara, um, you know, that could have been played out a little bit more. And I think that's what happened in the second season for me. It was a, more of the same, but there was definitely potential to get, to go elsewhere. And maybe, it, you know, maybe that's going to be held on for season three because I, I don't see this ending any soon. I see this branching out further and further. There's at least four books. This is based on a book is it that so, makes so, 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 so much I want to I want to come on to that later so it's I'm gonna talk about
1: more of the history around this genre right okay um, but yeah there's at least four books right okay well that I mean that makes a ton of sense that makes tons of sense yeah like is the story is um told in that way in the same kind of like novelistic style yeah um, of I don't know Jacqueline Wilson's work like <laughs> yeah um you had some favorite characters I had characters that didn't.
0: The bully uh, Harry.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I think he's one we need to talk about. Yeah, he I, like when, when you talk about bad acting, this yeah. is a show of shocking acting.
0: But again, Harry, is it shocking acting? Yes, it or, is is he, shocking or is he, or is
1: he like a, a goofy bully for a for a ten-year-old's audience? But then, but this is the thing. Like, pick a side. Which is it? Yeah. Like what? Like what? what you're trying to do you're trying to have like a goofy happy like kids show mm. or you're trying to tackle adult themes in a serious way yeah like it, there's a play again this doesn't do anything wrong I'm not mad at Heartstopper because it's made any like major mistakes to me it's not It's not annoyed me at all mm. like I, I enjoyed watching it or at least season one season two got a little bit tiresome because it was just mm. the same thing and not really any progression or anything changing and frankly after like the third scene of Nick trying to come out and failing he just sort of like why <laughs> you know this is going to happen at least two more times when you get two whole scenes out of it before you know something you know and like how many yeah. times do these two kids need to lose each other in a crowd like every other episode they're looking for each other in a bl- like for... <laughs> yeah anyway um but harry like this this is the thing even if even if I, I say all right it's not done anything wrong harry is just supposed to be a goofy Bully. That's not really. You don't really take him seriously. He's he's a ten-year-old's depiction of a of a of a bully. That cheapens the message. Mm. Like the, for me, and this sounds ridiculous. But is like, he a private school bully though, and even if he's a private school bully, like it, it's poor acting. Yeah. Do you know it, it's it's just terrible acting. And it's not just the acting. That scene when they're at the party in season one, Nick goes back and confronts him, and they're in like a turret. It's like a circular room that oh, like yeah. Harry's got in his house. And Harry's stood in the middle, face to face with Nick, and his mates are in a semicircle behind him. Like and the camera is circling them. As though they're about to fight. Like the whole setup of that scene is corny and completely unbelievable. Like yeah. what, and then like you know it's the, it's the, the almost canned laughter that, the, that his mates throw in yeah. behind every line even lines that aren't punchlines yeah. even lines that don't kick everything he says everyone goes afterwards and it's like what it's happening every decision <laughs> that was made it's not just the acting the whole thing is yeah. just a disaster when it comes to the villains yeah. and it's, and it's this, is my, this is my problem this might sound like a really sketchy thing to say but like <laughs> for me in this show the homophobia was not believable. Yeah. And that to me is a problem because it's a because it's a show that's trying to explore what it looks like and how to respond to it and how how young people should respond to it. Mm. Um and when the actual when, when the the villain when the conflict or when the 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 manifestation <laughs> of that conflict is presented in an unbelievable way the message falls apart. There's no lesson there. Like you're not going to get in, you know in real life people like Harry surely <laughs> Like, it's just poor, bad acting. It just don't exist. Mm. Like it's it's far harsher.
0: Yeah, but I was sitting there thinking, as someone who went to a rough school with the ceiling falling down, that that's what a private school bully might be like. Just really soft. Whereas the bullies and the bullies in the school I went to try to gouge people's eyes out yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah <laughs> you know like, so, so we both went to school in England like well you
1: know. I guess this is England but you know what I mean we both went to a genuine like a like a public school in England and it's very very different to this and like, I guess that's my point but it's
0: St Trinian's you know it's it's chucking water out the window on top of people
1: and you know I, so I can see to what extent though is St Trinian's a depiction of, of what high school is actually like or like uh-huh. versus is it just a PG thing made for kids because I don't I don't even think like you know I don't even think that private schools are that tame probably not and I'd argue that some of them probably are well, yeah 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 <laughs> and uh kids are you money know, we're enough. not
0: going to know that I, you know it's a really different conversation still, but, to an extent yeah. but it's just what it just it was delicate and, and I think it's why I don't think the message is lost Depend on the you know if it is aimed at, Aimed at younger people. The thing is, though, and I, I think what is quite consistent is it won't just be younger people watching this. It'll be you know it because the subject matter is relatable to a lot of people. One hundred percent. Um. So so then it maybe does become problematic that it is so light touch. Yeah. Um,
1: it's but it's not it, the thing is you can do light touch but but act well. Hmm. Yeah. You know, like so I, I can give you an example of this right so. Um the kid Otis mm-hmm. who doesn't really get any screen time whatsoever is played by Arulyan Oshiremi Who can act. Like that kid can act. He plays Steph in Top Boy. Yeah. season three or the latest you know, the latest two after they did the Switch. Thing. I thought it was a bit of an outlier <laughs> to be it yeah. came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Even, you know, and then I was like,
0: God, he's uh he's really big I guess yeah. They've really made him be a certain character in this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but to me, he makes more sense as the bully because right. he, because he can act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No other reason other than he can act. Yeah. I mean, maybe his height would play into it as well, like because he's the little guy and like it's, yeah. you know, like surrounded by his bigger mates. Like I don't know, I'm putting spins on it now like, but my point is he can act. Mm. He really can, he's, a, he's a good actor. And you've got this kid Harry it's just it's just it's not believable mm. it's not scary and the thing is like none of the police, I mean I know it's a message I know you're trying to say like oh you shouldn't you shouldn't you don't should be for yourself you shouldn't be scared of them you shouldn't give them any power or all of that but like there's no at any point any sense of threat from these people yeah like there's no and it, and it goes for the likes of um Thingy's mom as well I've forgotten her name Tara and Darcy, Darcy. Darcy's mom like it's the same thing it's such overt straightforward like well they cut out the actual argument yeah no of course well exactly yeah but the, but even the, the scene where Tara goes to the door mm-hmm. and you know like the things that her, that Tarsi's mum says that express her homophobia is just so like straightforward and yeah. simplistic yeah and there's no there's no engagement with the 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 specifics or like the details that might have led her to mm. think that way. Mm. It's just like, no, this, it's just good and bad. Do you know,
0: it's almost like the the creators of this show were so not wanting, almost so, as you should be, so disgusted with that term, you know, that terminology <laughs> yeah. and, and that way some people look at yeah. um, the LGBTQ community that they didn't want to, they just didn't feel comfortable Putting characters in
1: that are that, yeah. that were that nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where, to me, even David Nick's older brother was just ridiculous. Trans- yeah, yeah, just just one dimensionally yeah. homophobic yeah. for no reason. Like it doesn't. You, you don't. If you're not looking into the reasons that these people think this way, you're not actually like having the argument. You're just portraying one as good and one as bad. I don't think any progress is made. Yeah. I don't think you're actually highlighting the negative like perspective, the hateful perspective as necessarily like, like you're highlighting it's bad but you're not showing how to fight it you're mm. not you're not displaying you're not, you know you're not making people who might actually think that way mm-hmm. who watch this change their minds really yeah like I, I, and this to me is where sex education stands up so strong mm. because every single character throughout the three seasons i don't know if season four is coming up and i'm a little bit skeptical about where it's going to go but like throughout the three seasons of sex education that we have so far every single character is fully explored mm. there's no one that's yeah. just like peripheral yeah. even the people that you think are like for example um adam groff's mom the wife yeah. of the head teacher yeah. who is the villain in the first season his wife who is obviously neglected by by him and their relationship's stagnant and she's unhappy and in this kind of like well she can't express herself in the second season she meets up with gene and she's just she's powerful character she's, yeah. a, she's a you know she gets tons of screen time and her empowerment is a major focus of that of, yeah. of the plot in the second season like every and that's you know that doesn't just go for in the third that's extended to even Mr. Groth mm. the, 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 the ex-head, teacher, ex-head teacher all of the villains get a turning point everybody is displayed as a three-dimensional character everyone is is looked at from a, from many different angles and mm-hmm. like every perspective is is Analyzed from different different angles as well, and it, and that's so much more powerful. It's so yeah. much more interesting. Yeah, that's how you get people to engage with these issues.
0: Yeah, you know. Interesting. So I'm gonna go for quite a significant defense for this show. Okay. Um. And I I, I mean I found this quite a magical show for a completely well for a reason. I mean it's significant to me um, so Heartstopper was a graphic novel of course okay. it is <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah graphic all the, the art that makes sense graphic, graphic novel cool. um, heavily influenced by Japanese manga mm. and for me the, the, supp- the subtlety of how manga has influenced stories such as this kind of bled through this whole series mm. and I found it artistic creative and i I was extremely extremely impressed at how how much i saw a scene like the two boys looking in the crowd for each other and was able to picture that in a graphic novel that's very true um and and the most significant character for me throughout the whole series was the sister Tori, because because you could because she is anime pulled from the cartoon straight <laughs> straight into yeah, the TV see show that, The yeah, Fringe? Can see that. Sucking yeah. you know. You think, why is she always sucking out the straw? Yeah. It's the sound effect that you could see coming out of of a comic strip. Yeah, when she's doing it, and I f- I just found that from as soon as I saw her, I found that absolutely amazing. And my you know my hat goes off completely to. You know the the creatives behind this because they really understood when it comes to everyone that's read this in manga is watching this show, and I think the the fan service in that regard was was really kind of inspirational. Mm. Um, The reason I kind of appreciate it so much is is around actually the the relationship between manga and LGBTQ plus. because there's there's this really strange obsession with um manga and japanese culture and lgbtq plus um kind of issues and and it dates back to like the 1920s um so i've got i've you know i've got a little i did some digging um because i really because i've heard that down the great you know through the grapevine maybe people making throwaway comments around southeast asian communities and and you know their obsession with LGBTQ. It's interesting
1: because I know nothing about this, but I can—I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. like just from saying like, I didn't know that at all, but it makes so much sense. Yeah, like there is a an association between those two sort of cultures, isn't there?
0: Yeah. So, manga—the um, relationship dates back to as far as the 1920s in terms of you know um, creating um, same-sex protagonists. Mm and and putting them down on a comic strip. Now, at, apparently in the in, in actually like nineteen thirteen there was a there was a, a theatrical circus group that would would perform in um you know you know you'd have same set characters performing kind of romantic displays to audiences and things like that. Um so it's even you know it's even further than that in terms of live performance. Wow. But a writer of the name um Yoshia Nabucco um, in the 20s, wrote novels about same-sex female relationships and directly influenced Shoujo and Yuri manga. Now shojo and Yuri manga are the um, the real popular forms of like intimacy, in- in- intimate comic strips. So okay. Shoujo focuses heavily on romance and drama and in interpersonal relationships. Internal conflicts Take pre- uh, precedence over big action, you know, and dramatic scenes and things like that. And I think you can see that was the aim in Heartstopper. You know, it's it's the internalized yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's so difficult yeah. <laughs> internally. So that's on purpose because mm. of because of the culture that this comes from. You know, struggles faced by queer characters over the over their own gender and sexual identi- identity identity seamlessly with the shoujo manga manga genre. So it became mainstream and extremely successful in the 70s. Um, And there was a group called the Year 24 Group. And these were a group of women who basically massively commercialised LGBTQ manga. Right. Um, And in 1978, so this is, what, 45 years ago, a writer called uh, Ryoko Ikeda from this Year 24 Group um, wrote a commercially successful manga with a transgender character that's 45 years ago that's crazy
1: that's crazy
0: um you know this is this story it, this story heartstopper is embedded in that culture and in, in history and it's and it's written so purposefully to meet to meet to in pay line, homage yeah to pay homage to this wow. kind of stuff which Made me look on it as a, in a much more positive light. Every scene where I was like, <laughs> "That's really corny," I then just yeah. transferred my mind and and just comic stripped it. There the, were you know there were some of those more British um, kind of issues that were, you know, the more like westernized kind of themes that were brought mm. out. Um, that kind of took you away from that at times, but. You know the sister from the sister for me. She was just perfect. You know, yeah. she was a great. Just great depiction of you know an anime manga character, um, <laughs> and it just made me look on the show like so differently. Like I, I just I, I let it get away with with a lot more. Yes, there were cor- yes there was corny stuff. Yes, there was some bad acting, but creatively, I just thought the show was did exactly what it did, was meant to do. Fan service. You know, embedded in the history of the culture, the way the way it explored those interpersonal relationships at every single turn, instead of having drama and action, because that's what it's supposed to do. That's the mm-hmm. job of this genre, and it and it will just come down to preference in the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've obviously looked at this show from through the lens of. Like a critic, I've obviously looked at this knowing nothing about its context and having not watched any trailers, and just from the perspective of someone that watches Netflix mm. and like Sex Education, which which covers the same topic area, and obviously that that ignorance has slapped me in the face. <laughs> because now you've said that, it's brought the whole thing to life for me that like I didn't appreciate. The manga is it manga? I always yeah. want to say anime. So what's some,
0: some ma- manga is graph is, is graphic novel. The only difference between a US graphic novel and manga is manga is written right to left. Okay, so what's anime? Um, well, we've just googled it to make sure, but <laughs> <laughs> anime is literally animation. It's it's the drawings uh, either digitally created or or hand drawn
1: um in these. Japanese comics and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I need to watch more Animat. Well, or any. Like, a like total gap in yeah. my life, to be
0: honest. Well, I mean, I, I've, you know, there's the spirited away. I feel like everyone's kind of seen that. That's proper back in the day.
1: So, yeah, obviously, like, the Studio Ghibli ones are, are huge. And yeah, I've I seen, mean, um, Yu Gi Oh! and Pokemon are. Anime, yeah, absolutely. You know. No, I've, I've, again, not spent, I've never watched any Pokemon yeah. or Yu Gi Oh! or, uh, I've never seen Naruto. I've never seen, um, What's the other one? Goku is that? Yeah, is yeah, that? Well, is that uh, Dragon Ball Z? Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like this is the thing. Like, I know how diehard the fandom of this sort of like yeah. genre, I guess, is. Um, I'm complete. No, I don't know anything about it, so <laughs> I'm not touching. It. But you know, anyway, back to hard stuff. I mean, that what you've said there has brought it to life. I remember when I was watching this seeing the sister and thinking that's such an interesting character the supportive older sister the positive relationship like she's quite funny she's obviously like she has her moments where she like kicks in and defends him from uh, from Nick's brother at the dinner party and stuff and you, I, I was thinking if this was sex education she'd get a whole like spin-off narrative mm-hmm. about like her herself and her life yeah. and she'd be a fully fleshed out character and I want to see more of her yeah. and I was you know kind of annoyed I was just thinking oh sex education's done this better but now you've said that she's
0: the dark mysterious character that that just comes in and out she she gets
1: one comic strip every now and then the little appearance like a like almost like a fourth wall break or something
0: and the the slurp from the straw is her exiting scene pretty much like sliding in and out saying something slurping the
1: straw and just disappearing yeah and that's exactly that character that she's portrayed like that's exactly the the depiction of it on screen that's perfect and so now i'm not angry at it. So not that i was angry at it but now now i completely fully understand yeah. it and appreciate it and
0: i mean you also should have saw this coming because south park did a whole season on tweak and uh again I've never, and I've never seen. i've never seen <laughs> they, south did a, park they did a whole season <laughs> around around the obsession between gay, uh, anime culture and gay lovers really um they did a whole season yeah pre- between tweak and craig that um the, well Tweak's one of the characters that always drinks coffee and he's like really shuddery and Greg's just they obviously just wanted Tweak to give him, him. <laughs> relevance but you know and, and like all the girls in the school started drawing them like in romantic scenes together and, and they weren't even gay but by the end of the season they were because everyone just drew them together oh my god but, but, but like yeah <laughs> so so <fun. laughs> um, I mean that sounds pretty problematic <laughs> um, but yeah like it's it's so it's the it's there's a cultural fascination. Heartstopper paid homage to it massively, and it just yeah it, it helps me it helps me overcome the things you would normally criticise a a show for. Um, one thing we haven't mentioned is here she is again Olivia, Olivia Coleman. Coleman.
1: <laughs> yeah, My, no, I do kind of respect it because I, I do like that she'll she'll obviously read a script and be like that's nice and put a name to it. Yeah. She's not just going for, you know, like the obvious roles that uh, uh, an actor of her caliber would. She yeah. is happy to put her name to anything if she respects and she likes it. Which is, I mean, there was that weird movie about the the abortion road trip that had a pretty strange message. But like, other than that, like, you know, <laughs> like I, I respect what yeah. she's doing. I'm not yeah, I'm, yeah. like just playing the mom and it doesn't get a lot of screen time. Do you, do you know what?
0: Actually, when Nick, so in the first season when Nick came out to her, her face I don't cry very much almost got me (laughs) her face when Nick came after at the end of the first season I was like the way she just she's just really good she's a really good actor Yeah, she's just which again
1: you know you think why are you sticking the likes of Olivia Coleman in the background well yeah I mean I get it but like I understand what they were trying to do now but some of the acting just felt so I don't know. So, like, everyone was delivering their sc- the lines like it was at school play. Mm. But, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to bang on about that. And I, and I do appreciate now what maybe the... Uh, what it was actually going for. A little yeah,
0: bit. I mean, this is... I think this is going to be a quite a... This is going to have a huge, huge following yeah. over the next few years. Um, I think the show's only going to get bigger. Um, mm. I think it should maybe be... I, I think it will... this this is quite interesting because you can think so many different ways this can go I think it will continuously revolve around those two boys Nick Nick and and Charlie it might switch to Tara and Darcy Um, I think we've got to be
1: expecting a breakup of some kind in series 3 what do you think? well I guess there's only only sort of one way it can go I mean what's frustrating is you've already done the whole like um with, with Alan Tao you've already done the whole sort of like oh one of them's going to a different sixth form college and they're getting dragged apart and you know what I mean like inevitably uni's coming like yeah. how much of this are we going to have to actually yeah. do is, so, this, is this an all all the boys I loved before situation again like, yeah, like right. I don't know if you've seen that but <laughs> it's a pretty weird reference to dropping out of nowhere but like I know it's a it's another one of those sort of like high I can't remember that yeah organic. I didn't watch it it's a movie series so I think it's still yeah three. yeah Rachel watches a few of them
0: yeah um so I found what I found interesting and then quite, very quickly had to dismiss from my mind is what very quickly started happening was pretty much every character um you know came out gay you know the, the teacher Farouk Mr oh, Farouk yeah, yeah, the he was just the, the big hard man why, why was he so um, rude? D- that doesn't yeah. fit
1: with the manga strip thing, does it?
0: No. There's a scene when he mm, full on
1: go. The thing we, is,
0: I could see most characters drawn in that style. That's that's that that's the thing.
1: Um, yeah, fair. No, do you know like, what, the line? I don't give a rat's ass, rude boy. Rude boy. <laughs> 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 he, he says to fourteen year old. No, I mean on, on a school trip to Paris. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I um, I, I think in season two they they definitely sprinkled in characters that were going to be, like, maybe memorable for a certain thing. So, like, that, you know, the, the badass teacher, yeah. uh, the black kid that came out of nowhere on the rugby team. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I, I definitely feel like they, they sprinkled in a number of different personalities, and I think they're probably going to continue on to do it. But, you know, around the fifth or sixth episode, I thought, is Mr Farouk going to be gay as well? And, and Of course he is. And, yeah. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's obviously now, like,
1: that's the normalised World in, in Heartstopper Well that's what I, Yeah that's why I quite like about it Like of course Both this And sex I'm going to Talk about sex education again Like this And sex education Did a really good job Of creating Like an alternative universe Yeah um, And Cobra Kai well, karate okay. rules all when fine Cobra yeah 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 but, <laughs> but, but, but that's for a very different purpose isn't it like, like what I was gonna say was that sex education and Heartstopper create this alternative universe where most of the characters that you if for you know are gay or whatever members of the LGBTQ community for the purposes of normalising it in our yeah. society of course Cobra Kai is, does not have the same like goal but yeah I, I appreciate what you mean sex education like Still talking about it. What it does perfectly for me is that it takes aspects of like loads of Western culture. Like it's not yeah. about. It's ob- it's set in England. Yeah. But it's filmed in North Wales. It's like yeah. it's beautiful. You know, everyone's got a Southern English London accent, uh, but then the high school's American. Like yeah. everyone's meeting at the lockers. Everyone's dressed in slightly eighties gear all the time. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense. It's yeah. not. It's not. A plate you can't go. Oh, that's set in Manchester. Or, oh, that's set in I don't know Scotland or whatever. It, you just don't. Doesn't allow it. It, it. doesn't make sense. Mm. It's it's this fictional universe, and in and through that, it creates something completely new. Mm. It's a semantic field, which is a concept I'm desperate to talk more about, but I don't think there's space for it here. Anyway, Hearts Dopper does exactly the same thing. It it um it creates that semantic field. It's, it's very feel good. It's light and fluffy, as you said earlier. Like. It's enjoyable to watch because it's so easy. Yeah. Um, and, and now that I understand, it's trying to reflect the the manga um, graphic novels. I think it, I think it achieves that really really well. Mm. It doesn't get the message across in the same way that sex education does, um, but yeah, I've got to give it as props for that. And now you've said it as well. I, I can see it in my mind, especially that, especially the um, the sister with the straight fringe and the straw. But it like Tao Tao's hairstyle in mm-hmm. um in season one and. Even like Nick's like big grin and his quiff, like it all. I can see them all as animators, and he's and he's and he's
0: like his glassy eyes. Yeah, all yeah, the time. absolutely. There's something oversexualized about about it all, though. Yeah, and and I think um, which is
1: strange for a show that is terrified to touch sex as a subject. Yeah,
0: and and I think I think that comes across in in the manga as well. It's it's the it's the bright, fluffy, juvenile cartoons and real. You know sexualized content Um, it's quite concerning actually well so so it's funny you say that so actually manga in the the late 70s actually had to come away from uh, all these stories uh, quite a few of these stories they ended the stories ended in in violent and excessive abusive ways Mm. and it's had to the the genre has had to quite strongly move away from that always being the narrative you know quite you know, these stories being beautiful and, and happy and ending in really dark, horrible, abusive ways for for the for the protagonists. Right. Um, and and I think since the eighties they've come massively away from that. Um but so I was, so so I, I feel like despite it being concerning, it's it's probably a light touch on what it could have been if it well, absolutely. really stayed really yeah, they're true. obviously trying
1: to take the positives yeah. of that genre and yeah. that sort of like art style and stuff but but unfortunately the association is still there I mm-hmm. guess that's what I'm saying like, it's it's the over mm-hmm. of schoolboys you know which is a bit like but again it's, take, it's trying to take the positives from it um, Attack on Titan that's the other one I want to watch that's just come to my head it's another anime, I guess. Like mm-hmm. uh Dragon Ball Z kind of vibe. Right. Uh haven't that's that's one that's been recommended to me tons of times. And I I don't know anything about. So that may be one for the uh one for the list. You so um you you were
0: talking about the fictional universe it created and, and um but you actually wanted to speak about a show similar to this that you saw ten years oh, ago. Oh right, yeah. Um that um, that th- 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 you can place. Yeah, you know, in an
1: environment you're saying it's set in Manchester. Yeah, absolutely. So this is... I'm talking about Cucumber. That's what you're getting at. So, uh, Fisayo a- Akinade? I can't pronounce his name. And I've also... Okay. Don't, I also don't know his character's name. I, I don't think I've ever known The support of teacher. That's Charlie's support of teacher. The gay art teacher. Yeah. Who's Charlie's... Who I, we think is going to end up with Mr. Farouk. Yeah. That's probably a, that's probably going to be explored that's, that's next season. three, season. yeah. Um, so he doesn't get much screen time, but the actor is also in in cucumber i loved cucumber it came out when like 10 years ago
0: yeah it
1: came out around the early years of uh, black mirror as well so oh so, really yeah, uh, yeah okay. i remember so it around the same time. time ago yeah and um, it was really cool what what uh, cucumber did because they released three seasons simultaneously uh, cucumber banana and tofu which are that titled uh they are euphemisms. I'm not going to tell you what for. Sure you can work it out. Um, cucumber is the main spine. Of... <laughs> nah. <laughs> cucumber is the main body. Like is <laughs> cucumber's the story? Yeah. you Say it like that. Like cucumber's the plot. Yeah. It's the actual drama. Um, you, that's the TV series in a way. Banana is a series of short stories, like kind of an anthology. Uh, that each episode, you know, it follows a character that appears in cucumber like sometimes incredibly briefly sometimes it's as small as like the waiter that's serving two characters in a scene yeah and like, wow. he gets like a couple of lines of dialogue there's like a, qu- a quippy joke in there and that's it and then one of the scenes in banana will follow him on his entire whatever um so yeah sorry so Banana's like you know each episode follows a character that's some way that's in some way features in a cucumber and tofu was something even more it was it was even it was even more different. It was like uh, I think it was like interviews, you know. I don't even think it was fiction. Um, I can't remember specifically, but the story I loved it all. The story of Cucumber was brilliant. It's about a uh, a gay man in his forties or something like like uh, long he's been in a long term relationship, you know, house and sort of you know ideal kind of like suburban lifestyle, or whatever. Decides he just doesn't want it. Like he's not lived. He's not I don't know. Like he's not had the experiences he wants to have so just walks out of it all ends up living with these with these sort of like two well these two young guys both gay in the middle of manchester in a like sketchy renting situation and like he just has all of these sort of experiences and like explores the gay community in the world like the lgbt world i guess um through the eyes of like an older person who mm. is kind of like maybe like sexually repressed um, again it's not as masterful and funny and like just perfectly done as sex education is but for me like I, it was pretty pivotal to myth like I must have been like a teenager when this came out and like I learned a lot from Cucumber mm. um, I thought it was really good really interesting really entertaining yeah I, I just wanted an opportunity to give Cucumber some flowers really like, yeah. do, do you think uh, Heartstopper will be able to have the same
0: impact in terms of in educating people in surrounding the struggles you know it's you know people experience difficulties like this in real life
1: um well yeah I do I, but I would also say like you know I'm not a member of the LGBT community um and it was it was informative and educational for me too I, not how to stop sorry I'm talking about cucumber like back when I was a teenager like I didn't really have a glimpse into what yeah. the gay community in Manchester looked like you know like and so it was it was a specific sort of experience I guess like it was educational I must have been like 14 when this came out 15 Um, so so it's I don't don't think it's just obviously representation is important but also it's it's not just for like that community it's for everyone yeah it's it's definitely for everyone and that's obviously the point in shows like Heartstopper and Sex Education because they're trying to normalise it now I think we do live in a different world now like when I was 14 I mean I know it's not that long ago like but like you know 10-15 years ago i guess the gay community lgbtq plus community was more like a fringe thing do you know what i mean it was sort of like still separate from main mm. society i think now i don't even think the act i think don't even think the acronym
0: was existed used, or at least it was shorter yeah <laughs> was used that frequently yeah
1: um i think you're right yeah um i think now of course like it's it's more embedded mm. which is which is good i, I guess that equates yeah. to progress um and i think what's important you know about shows like heartstopper is that it's it's putting it in in schools you know and again we've already talked about both sex education and heartstopper creating this sort of slightly like parallel universes where it's like almost everybody is is gay or whatever um you know try, trying to like super normalise it which is great like it's exactly what it should be doing but it, but I think what's really crucial is they're putting it in real life scenarios in school not mm. just on the gay street in Manchester like Canal Street or whatever you know which is like where most of Cucumbers sit it's in it's in and amongst normal society it's in and amongst school it's, it's different people like encountering it and navigating it at a young age as well and I think that's I think that's super important yeah it's not just education in the same way Cucumber was to me but it's more specific to modern life and I think it equates to progress yeah yeah there's something uh,
0: around as adults being it's a bit weird watching young children in their romantic you know having romantic relationships though i think on screen it's it's almost like is,
1: is there a period where we should stop watching stuff like this <laughs> <laughs> um i i don't think i think like is, should there be age limits on stuff like okay pow, you're too old to be watching something like this <laughs> i think society does that naturally do you know what i mean like i think if i was just Smashing out episodes of Thomas the Tank Engine all the time. You'd, you'd have <laughs> something to say about it. <laughs> and you'd be like, What do you see in this? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, when it comes to things like Heartstopper, it's, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe I am slightly, or like, we are slightly older than the target audience because, as I say, it, like, something stuck out to me as particularly mm. kind of like childish. Um, and I completely focused on the history of the genre, and which- not really the. The yeah. well to be fair I think obviously that was a much smarter thing to do because you fully understood it and I maybe haven't but you know that said even if we are maybe not the target audience I don't think it makes it weird <laughs> it depends on like what you're watching it for <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there's any sinister intention from others obviously but like yeah I see what you mean you... I guess that comes back to like the over sexualisation <clears throat> that's present in that genre like why are some people reading these graphic novels or whatever like you know mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not for educational purposes, is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 will, will
0: you be tuning in for season three. Uh, Let's. I mean, if it blows up again, we're gonna obviously gonna have probably, to. But to talk about out of
1: choice, what, what what do you think? I don't know, like. I t- <sighs> I kind of appreciate... You, you, like, did insinuate earlier on that, like, you actually appreciated this as refreshing because it's so light and so mm. easy. And I did... I, I agree. It was easy to... We watch. might be ready for it
0: in a year. We have just slammed the whole
1: thing in, well, I'll be honest, three days. <laughs> Damn, yeah, sure. I was um, actually quite similar, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, maybe I will. Like, I, I, I didn't... Place, in a year's like, time, this. you know, it might be. Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> the last season of Sex Education, so... Got to be mean, a natural I can't, replacement. Can't
1: wait for that. Although this fourth is the fourth season of Sex Education, like confirmed as the last. I think so. Yeah. I think it should be. Yeah, because things can go on for too long. I think. Th- I think it. Four. I sort of thought it, fit, it finished at a perfect point at the end of three. Really. Yeah. I don't think it needs to go on. Yeah. And I'm sort of nervous that it is. Yeah, but well, we'll f- we'll see. We'll
0: see in about two months how uh, how good Sex Education season four is. Hmm. Um, it might be like the Inbetweeners movie, the second one, <laughs> where it's just like, okay, guys, please stop. <laughs> You're in your late 30s now. Um...
1: Were they that old?
0: When they did... Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, Joe Thomas is like mid-40s now. You know, Simon. Know. Um, but yeah, Heartstopper. Mid-40s? Yeah, no, Joe... he's not. yeah, he is.
1: Mid-40s? Joe Thomas?
0: Okay, he's 39. <laughs> Sorry, well, fair
1: enough. Sorry, Joe. No, to be to be fair, like that's still older than I thought. Because,
0: because I, I mean, we shouldn't really. I mean, uh, the person who plays Jay, what's he called? Cartwright. That's his surname. Um, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, he was he, well, he was asked um, if they were going to do another one. He's called James something, um, and he know. was like, "Do you know how old T- Joe Thomas is?" That's what he said in an <laughs> interview. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually realise there was a gap, like, that much of an age gap between the uh, the actors but um, so yeah so Heartstopper next year you'll tune in I'm, I'm actually interested to see which storyline they choose to to really start focusing on next year I think it's either a, a Nick and Charlie breakup which I probably don't think that appropriate um, <laughs> or th- there'll be an exploration I think of maybe Tara Darcy um because again, like that, that will really, that will really pay homage. Because the the, the lesbian relationships, were were the start of right. this genre. Um, so that would really, really be interesting if they do that. Or, or I, I worry that they'll go for El and Tao though. Why? Because it has kind of, we've already seen that he's really worried about her going off to college. Like we've already, like. What difference is it really going to make now? I can now? see it
1: starting with the two of them in their respective colleges and they're just working, you know, like that kind of like bridge just being, having, but we've moved past it, mm. uh, which would be kind of convenient, I think. Yeah. Um, L was one of my favourite characters, actually. Right. L and Tara. Tara. Um, and Nick. L, Tara, and Nick, I think. Yeah. They were the three
0: two. I, I thought, um, Kit Connor. Yeah, Kit Connor. Was... Fantastic! Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, he looks so much like Taran Egerton, do you not think? He does look a bit like. I thought, yeah,
1: to the point where I was like, "That's his brother," and had to find out it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I see that actually. Yeah, it is like a little brother, isn't it? That's crazy. No, I I like these two characters because they weren't. They were the only three for me that actually like (laughs) maintains logic. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like they were like voices of reason all the time. None of them acted incredibly irrational. Um, and I think for me, like, that's very personal, but for me, watching like a high school drama thing like Heartstopper, the rush. I mean, obviously you ex- you expect irrational behaviour from teenager, teenagers yeah. not like going through that stage of their life and that. So I think it's kind of refreshing when they aren't. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Doesn't be the realism of it, but yeah, no, I liked it. Uh, I did. I, Funnily enough, though, that is one half of the three major couples, isn't it? L, um, Nick, and Tara. Yeah. So I guess in a way, it doesn't matter what, which which one they focus on. I mean, it's gonna be Nick and uh, um... Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, I'm so bad with this. Yeah, it's gonna be Nick and Charlie in it because they are the whole story, and I think that's what's gonna make it a little bit tiresome for me. But fingers crossed, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see.